Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I'm Jerry. Max is here. Um, yeah, and, and we're uh, we're a duo today. Mm -hmm. Just the two of us. That's right. We uh, we have a, an interesting show for everyone uh, today. Uh, so let's go ahead and summarize what's happening for the uh, the pod folks. Uh, we're going to start with the Southampton reaction. It's, we just have to. We're supposed to. So we're going to do it. I'm not, yeah. It's meh. Big meh. Uh, yeah. Next, we're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to take it away from the football, talk about superheroes. All right? Uh, yeah. Infinity War's out. I haven't seen it. Max hasn't seen it. But we're going to talk about superheroes anyway. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so, and we're going to finish up with the West Ham preview. Because, yes, we have to go through the motions on another game. One mm -hmm. more. Last one. Yep. That's right. Last one. We see the light Get at the end the of that tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I find it incredibly ironic that we haven't had too much atmosphere at Goodison lately. And we're going to the place with the least atmosphere in the Premier League, exactly to play our to play our uh, you know final match of the season. I know. I, I am uh, I am temporarily calling this the Mediocrity Cup. <laughs> See what happens. Uh, so, I uh, let's talk about Southampton. Um, yep. Max was there. Max was actually mm -hmm. there, and there's proof of this. There's very mm -hmm. we don't always have actual physical proof of our guys being at the game. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. I mean, we get Edward there, who you literally will see him in his instant match. Yeah, in the, just <laughs> showing himself in the crowd. But but we don't always get, get Max there because he's he's more on the more on the shy side. I uh, however, you can find Max. There's a grand old team video. If you check out their YouTube channel, they've got uh match reaction match reactions from fans and Max is one of them. He's, mm -hmm. he's not the first fan, as you will be able to see, but he's the second one. Yeah, mm -hmm. and his, uh, he's on the thumbnail. It's a big, huge picture right. of Max. Yeah. Yeah, you can't, can't miss it. It threw me off, I'll be honest. Scrolling <laughs> through my YouTube, and I, I'm like, I know him. <laughs> I don't just know him. I talk to him like every week. This is weird. So, yeah, it's, re it's really cool. Max is there. He shares yeah. opinions. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, different type of atmosphere for him. So, pretty yeah. cool. Um, so, anyway... Enough of enough of that. Let's actually talk about the game. Give us your initial thoughts about this thing that happened. Well, first and foremost, I just want to start by saying I, I really feel sorry for Southampton because you know the 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 game plan. It was quite evident. Their, their game plan became quite evident. You know, after the after the, the first half in particular, because they they came into this game. I think knowing that they couldn't afford to to get beat. They, you know, they they were very solid and they picked their moments to get forward, um, and they, they just so unlucky at the end, really. Um, they, they, it speaks volumes of how Everton performed to to see how the goal went in. It was just we didn't deserve the goal. I've got to, got to be quite honest with you. Um, I think for, from an Everton's perspective, though, the first half was absolutely. Dreadful. I mean, you, you can't fault... My thing is, you can't fault the effort of the players. I mean, it, you know, you look at the likes of Morgan Schneiderlin, we've seen Schneiderlin when he couldn't be asked, basically, and there's a huge difference. It's not as if any mm -hmm. of the players have been, you know, uh, uh, not willing to play, because there's effort there. They're not, you know, they're, they're pressing. They're, they're always trying to figure out a way. But the just the quality just isn't there, and it seems, particularly in that first half, we just seem to pass the ball round and round and round so, sometimes it was even in our our own um, our own half mm -hmm. and it just didn't seem to get any any more luxurious than that really i mean the, the, i think the furthest we probably got was in and around their penalty area but still as i say we'd be passing around their box trying to figure out a way to break through going on to the second half and I, I tweeted this after the game it was absolutely dreadful game management by Sam Allardyce because what he did was Yannick Balassi of course I think everyone was calling Balassi for, for Balassi to come off because he didn't have a good game at yeah. all quite the quite the, the usual 
expectation of him now, really. Um, but he was took off at half time for for Ramiro Funes Mori, and uh, as you say, as you've said, Jerry, um, I think the reason he's getting minutes is with the up and coming World Cup. So we bought Funes Mori on and went three at the back, and Southampton absolutely loved that. Mm. We we were so exposed in the full back areas because obviously Baines and Coleman pushed further up the pitch just to accommodate the you know the left and right centre half, and we just. We got done on the counter attack as shown by their goal, Nathan Redmond, and of course, I knew when when Nathan Redmond come on, I thought he hasn't scored all season. I know exactly what's going to happen. It's, it's it <laughs> and you know, it, lo and behold, that's what happened. But you know, fair play. I think when they did score, we, the crowd again, the crowd jumped on, not so much jumped on the players' backs, but again, they they got riled up. The, the Allardyce chance started again, and. Yeah. I think that really got to the players. I think the players kind of thought, come on, we need to start playing our football a few few yards further up the pitch. And, uh, you know, as I said, our goal, it wasn't a, a moment of quality. It was just pure fortune. And I, I've got, I'll admit it now, I was halfway out the ground before that goal went in. I, mm. I was, you know, I had my back turned and was walking out the ground and I just heard, oh, and I thought, oh, God. Soon as you hear the kind of anticipation from the crowd, you're thinking, "God, you're going to have to run back to your seat here." And as as um, I heard, I heard, you know, the Gladys Street went off, and it wasn't, a, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a. Because I think we haven't celebrated something like that in a while. I mean, I know the last minute goals always tend to, to gloss things over, but I think Evertonians just needed that. Evertonians needed something to celebrate, really. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, we got it in the end. Um. So I did not watch this live. Okay, it was it was the uh, the late game for us in the states on the East Coast. Yeah. So for us that puts it at twelve thirty. Okay, lunchtime. Yeah. I my kid had a uh, had a match. He plays with a Spanish language team, so it's yeah. a lot of Mexican players that he plays with. It's yeah, pretty yeah. cool. Um, just started that. Uh, so he mm-hmm. had one of those. So I had recorded it, put it on the DVR, yeah. and then I saw. I get the updates on my phone, you know, mm-hmm. Everton, the app is telling me that we got scored on and then we scored a game over. I hate it because I usually don't want to know what happened, you mm-hmm. know, but yeah. I thought, well, we might not be able to watch the game tonight. Okay. So, and I didn't, I didn't get to watch it until Sunday night. Finally, mm-hmm. Sunday night, I got to watch it and I saw everybody just so much shit talking, basically mm-hmm. saying that we didn't deserve it. Uh, it was the one of the worst played games that we've had, and so I, I saw all that. Um, when I watched it, it looked like two teams scrapping. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. it looked like unattractive football. Mm-hmm. You know, there was one point, and I'm trying. I think it was. I'm trying to remember if it was first half or second half. It was near the box where literally we were trying to get it out of out of the box, push it out of the box, and we get just beyond it. Southampton would slide in, you know, take it. They would get the ball for a second. We'd slide in and take it. It was like back yeah. and forth and back and forth and yeah. back and forth. And I was thinking, this right here, this is what epitomizes this game. Ugly, scrappy football, you know, yeah. and that's indicative of a team that's in a relegation fight. Yeah. All right? So we were dealing with that. Um so that's the only thing I've had to try to keep this in perspective. Um, yeah. It's just because I don't actually think they had a lot of beautiful opportunities on goal. No. The one that I, they had, yeah. that cross was money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Suarez and putting – Yeah, Cedric. Cedric yeah. yeah. Putting that in and it was perfectly placed on Redmond's head. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a, and, and the header was good. It was well placed. Pickford maybe could have done better. Yeah. All right? But he was trying to make himself wide. Which mm-hmm. is, I think, is what he's supposed to do. Yeah, you know? yeah, of course. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was well done by them. Uh, the person I thought at fault to me for that one seemed like Kane. Mm. All right, because the guy got in behind him. Yeah. But then here's the here's my thing. <clears throat> Haven't we talked about this? Keane needs structure. He needs yep. consistency. He mm-hmm. needs to be in a back four. Yeah. Not a back three. When Big <laughs> Sam switched formation, okay, that right there, that threw him off. And, yeah. and I'm not defending him, by the way, all right, mm-hmm. because I think he should be flexible. He should be able to play in a number of systems. But he, right now he can't, 
All mm-hmm. right, he's not used to that other stuff. He's tried it in games. It always goes bad. Yeah. All right, and this this was no exception, and it happened again. All right. Um, so Keane probably could have done better. Pickford maybe a little better, but I don't want to blame anything on that guy ever. Yeah. So whatever. No, no. You know what I mean? <laughs> he, he was the only lad at half time. Obviously, you'll probably have seen it going around on Twitter. But at half time, when they blew up, just the boo boys were out in full force again. The four, yeah. you know, everything was just getting booed, with the exception of Jordan Pickford. Yeah. I think Jordan Pickford was one of the last players to come off the pitch and. As he kind of walked around, the fans that were near him, you know, they they were clapping him, giving him well wishes, and yeah. you know, you, you you can't really blame Jordan Pickford for anything this season, can you? And I mean, you only have to look at the you know the Dixies as they call it, and he, you know, it yeah. was pretty much Jordan Pickford awards, wasn't it? And it fully deserved. And his attitude is great. I mean, despite the fact that it's been a difficult season by our standards, uh, he's he's just put his nose down and worked hard. Yeah. Um, it's just a professional. So, yeah. But he, so, yeah, uh, I, I try to overlook the fact that that ball did go between his legs. All yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It did happen, but I still don't think it was mostly his fault. Um, so, um, so those are those are my two players. Uh, 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 Keane was my, my player that I thought could have done better there for the most part. Yeah. And Belasi. I thought Belasi did not play well again. Okay. No. And when I saw him in, and I saw Walcott not even on the bench, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. even my even my kid was not happy. And mm. he's five, and he knows better. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we we miss Walcott a lot there. I think we we miss a little winger depth. Mm. So there's that. Uh, not gonna say it, dude. Not gonna say it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. So I had that on Twitter. I know. I know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you followed it, but oh. If you don't know who we're talking about, him. he plays in Germany, and he had a pretty good weekend last weekend. And he's not a tall fellow, and he wears braces. <laughs> and he could have been really helpful this season. Maybe yeah, really he... good opposite Walcott. Just mm-hmm. saying. We'll so, see. So there's, uh, there's that. Um, <laughs> but uh, as far as players who played well, players that came in and actually it seemed like they excelled, All right, I don't think we have many. I don't think we have many where you point to them and say, that guy came to play. I got mm. one. All right. Go on. I want, I want to see if it's the same as mine. Just say yours first. Second half, this guy came in, changed the game, way more energy. We had legitimate chances with him in. Omar. Mm. Mm. We had way more energy when he came in. <sighs> yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I, I've... And he almost got an assist. Do you see yeah. that ball? It glanced. It like yeah. it just barely hit the tiny bit of Tosin's hair. But yeah, he almost yeah. got that. Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, credit credit to Umar. I think you know we've said it plenty of times this season. He is that player that you bring off the benches, and he's the player that. And much to my surprise, um, it wasn't Tosin Tosin coming off in his place. I was really I surprised know. that um, he actually went for the two up front and. How much did it, you know, as you say, how many more chances were provided for Tosin just with Umar on the pitch? Uh, I tweeted after the game and I was watching Cheng Tosin and I was thinking, Jesus, he's so isolated at times. And, you know, and he, he deserves a lot of credit, Cheng Tosin, because he never kind of uses that as an excuse. No. I think, you know, uh, you see plenty of times players, when centre forwards in particular, when they're isolated, when they aren't getting got a good enough support, you know, you'll see them wave their arms about, you'll yeah. see them in a strop, but you never see Tosin like that, and that that's really to his credit, because the lad works his socks off every he time he's on the pitch, you know, he, he's not the quickest, but he'll chase everything down, he'll always, you know, he'll always be on the back of the defender, trying to um, pick up on any mistakes that he makes, but I think that game really said to me that we need to start playing someone up with him, in my opinion, personally, I think we need to go for someone with a bit more quality than Umar, um, oh yeah. And I think my, <laughs> my my opinion on Umar is well documented. To be honest, I mean, I, I love him to pieces, and I, I, I really can't. You can't fault his attitude. He's probably got the best attitude of anyone in that squad. Really, to mm. come back from where he had to come from. May I also add, I thought he was the most well dressed at the Dixies as well. That suit was spot on. And um, but as I say, I think we need to just we need to kind of, as you say, it's a, it's a huge summer 
coming up, and I think we need to just get like a, a second choice striker. That, you know, we'll even play up from alongside Tosin of a just a higher quality, maybe even a lab with a bit more pace. Mm. Just you know, because obviously Chenk's a very sturdy, controlling player, and you've got someone with with the legs. You know, say if you can just knock it onto him, mm-hmm. well, and get in behind the fence. But that's for the summer, and time will tell. I agree. I think we need. I think I see Omar as a third choice striker, mm. and and the only reason is, I mean, he he lacks some some football skills. Yeah. Okay. I actually think, believe it or not, he finds a way to get in very good positions. Yeah. So does, I think there's does. more to his footballing brain than was sold mm. us earlier, because mm. uh, he finds a way. Uh, yeah. Effort-wise, he's there. He has speed, and there's a lot of physicality for a guy whose arms are pretty thin-looking. Yeah, he actually does a decent job of holding off Old defenders. Football. Yeah, yeah. Um, I still think he's a he's a third-choice guy. He's an effort guy. Mm-hmm. He's a spark plug. You need a spark. You bring in Umar. You know, yeah. I, I'm totally fine with that. Uh, mm-hmm. I just think if you want the option of playing two up top, I just don't think Umar is is that guy. Yeah, you know, um, maybe, usually maybe maybe DCL when DCL back to, to to full fitness. I think I think that's something that I've said as well. I I think you know Tosin would benefit with with having someone up with him, and I think DCL would benefit from having someone up with him as well. So you know, give the two of them the run together, and next season we'll see if that works. I'd like to see DCL um, take a turn as far as maturity goes with, for uh, clinical finishing. Um, I do yeah. think he's he's a good passer. I think he combines well with other players. He's got a great touch and very good vision. Uh, he just, I've been that Chapter. yeah, I've been that young forward who's been in good sco- goal scoring opportunities before, and it takes you a while to con- to get consistent. You know, yeah. Jink Tosin is is seasoned, so when he gets a chance, he takes it. It's his. You know, and that's that makes sense because he's seasoned. DCL is a young guy; it's going to take him a little while. Yeah, you know, that's why I, I'm still not completely sure about him being uh, our, our second striker. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you completely. And to, you know, to his credit, though, he was thrown in at the deep end this season. I really think, you know, was. We have, to, we have to put a lot of responsibility on his shoulders when he's really not being ready for it, and he's he's handled it extremely well. Mm-hmm. Quite ironic that he's ended up with a stress fracture in his back. Yeah. The bloody responsibility that he's had to take <laughs> care of. But, um, it's uh, reality it's just, kind of uh, turning literary a bit. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> it's, exactly. And I think, I think this season really would have been a season that he'd benefit from going out on loan and, you know, say in in the championship where, yeah. you know, he's playing up against bigger, sh- slower defenders that he could really, you know, get used to. And obviously, as you say, being clinical and taking new chances that would develop over the season. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how next season goes for him. I, I agree. I think he and Kenny could have used something like that, but both mm. of them were thrown in with more responsibility than they should have had this season. Yeah. Uh, and I think they both did well, uh, but having somebody in there like the players who we brought in, <laughs> who came in and got healthy, Coleman, we looked better. Tosin, yeah. we looked better. You know, these are players who are kind of, they're there already. Yeah. Finished product. So, mm-hmm. um,. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, one other brief bit we should mention: uh, a lot of uh, a, a lot of a conflict around about Davies again, about whether or not he played well. Uh, mm. So I'm 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 of two minds because I I looked for it after I heard everybody kind of again, yep. talking yeah, talking trash. I watched yeah. for it. Um, I thought his defensive responsibilities he did very well. Mm-hmm. And he ran very hard. But yeah. again, he gave the ball away very cheaply. Like everyone else, though, in my opinion. That's true. That is very true. Um, I'm a big Davies guy. I, yeah. I, I'm just, I like him a lot. I think he's a smart player, and I think he's the type of player we need at our club. However, I think trying to rely on him every game right now is difficult. Yeah. Uh, that's some, something that I, that I noticed in that game as well. He was taking on set pieces, wasn't he? He was taking on corners and he was taking on free kicks. And that's yep. something that we've never seen from him before. So, you know, I, I, as you say, in terms of, you know, the burden that he's that he's carrying, he seems to want to be taking a lot more he on. He wants it. And I love that. Exactly, exactly. You can't fault that. And, of, of course, obviously, if he's come into this game thinking, you know what, 
I actually want to have a crack at some of the corners and some of the free mm-hmm. kick. That's obviously a responsibility that will be chipping away in his mind. Um, but uh, as far as giving the ball away, it's concerned. As I said, everyone else did that. And in, in, in again, this to me, because as I said earlier, I don't think it's anything to do with with the players' effort, the, the players' you know Agreed. levels of effort. It's a confidence, and I think that again, it, it comes full circle to the manager and. You know, looking for the angles, for the for the one twos, for the forward passes, for the movement. That's something that should be coached. That's mm-hmm. that you know that stuff's coachable, and I think you know it goes to show that really the the lads that we've gone in at the minute in the coaching in the, at the coaching staff just really aren't providing you know the right tools for us for us to work with because that's really the thing that I could kind of dragged out of that game is that you know if we had a different coaching staff there that. You know, more experienced, more. No, well, not not experienced because I don't want to be taking away the the, the experience of Sam Lallis because, of course, he's a very experienced man. Mm-hmm. He's got a very experienced staff, but a staff with more of a winning mentality and a way to beat teams that we should be beating comfortably. I said, you know, before this game, it should be a formality. We should start beating the teams that you know are well below us. And after doing it against Huddersfield and at home as well, we somehow struggled. And I know, of course. That that's not me underestimating the fight in Southampton and and fully you know I'm fully expressing my sympathy onto them for really because they didn't deserve that but you know as Everton Football Club you should be you know expecting more. Yeah. Uh, with Davis, I just usually see him putting together one of the two. Either he struggles defensively or he struggles on the attack. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard for him to kind of put both together. Um, but again, I didn't come away from that game pointing my finger at him. Mm. I didn't, because I, I, you know, was watching everybody. You know. Yeah. Um, I did notice. So you mentioned earlier there was a Funes Mori sighting. There was also a Debbie Clausen sighting. Oh, yeah. Alert yeah. the media. Yeah. Write about it in your journal later. Mm. Are you kidding me? Clausen played and oh. and was not was not the worst. No, that was fantastic. The crowd loved that as well. The crowd really. You see, you see, baby, come on, uh, the lad ran his socks off. Um, yeah. I mean, the, hopefully that that is an indicator that he he's not going to leave in the mm. summer, really. Because and again, credit to him and his, and his mental state for not wanting to jump ship after the way he's been treated this season. But it was great to see him on the pitch. I'd loved. I, I'd love that. It would be great if he stayed because uh, I want to see what happens with a different. Set up, uh, yeah. But um, yeah, I'm worried. I'm worried because of his treatment. This, this, he's lost an entire year of his life, pretty mm. much. Uh, it's been a, it's been a bad, a bad shake for him this season. Um, thought he played all right. Thought he played all right. Wasn't yeah. stunning. Didn't change the game or anything. Uh, but I, I was glad to see him on. You know, and mm. I didn't think he played poorly. He didn't play like a player. Who does? Who had been on the bench for almost the entire season? Not even on the bench in the not, stands. Yeah, not even on the bench in the stands. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and he did hear that he supposedly he got totally like he got chewed out before the game even started. Supposedly for not by the coaches for not trying hard in warm ups or something. There was oh, a right. rumor going around about that. Oh. Yeah. That angers me, that, because I saw the lad on, on the sideline, obviously, you know, because where, where I'm seated, when I see go the game where I'm sat, it, it's not far from where the substitutes warm up, and, mm-hmm. you know, the lad didn't stop. The lad, the lad didn't stop, and uh, that's sending a message, I think, as a player, if you're staying out there warming up, even after subs have been made, um, you know, mm-hmm. it's saying to your coaches, you know, just play me, I'm putting the effort in, and I'm working hard, but... Yes. As you say, hopefully a change in management will bring the best out of him. Yeah, supposedly he was not going very hard before the game. So, anyway. Mm. There was also a rumor that uh, Silva was there, but I don't think that was true. So, mm. yeah. Um, so, uh, really quickly, three-word reviews, okay? From Instagram, Miriam Foster, 7263, says, Almost fell asleep. Uh, Sean H. 1982 says, we still premiership? Pretty good question. Um, Mm -hmm. From Facebook, John Jones says, yet more dross. That's a word Mm -hmm. I don't say often in my life. 
but it's true. <laughs> yeah. Barry Foster says, very, very lucky. Uh, Martin Lloyd, in the same vein, says, we mugged saints, which I think a lot of people would agree with that. I could. Uh, from Twitter, Stephen Reeves says, no interest whatsoever. Andy Barnes says, asleep in sunshine. And my personal favorite, it has nothing to do with Everton, from Instagram, <laughs> your mum and stuff, says, my name's Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Jeff. I would rather focus on your name. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I believe I believe that that is it for our Southampton reaction. Uh, nonplussed is maybe mm. the word. Uh, so yeah, it's something that happened, and in a week or two we might not remember it. So there's that. We are moving on. Uh, it's we need to discuss. Uh, well, we don't need to, but we want to. We need to move away from the football a little bit because you know what? We we just. Lately, we've just been talking about nothing but football. So let's let's get away from it because right now, pretty timely. Right now is one of the uh, crowning achievements in comic book adaptation history. Uh, the enormous film Avengers: Infinity War that has like every Marvel character ever, mm-hmm. ever. Now I've read I've read the graphic novels. Okay. And I read them before I knew a whole lot about the characters. Yeah. And it was all it was very difficult to figure out what in the hell was going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was it, I read it and I had to keep reading sections before. I was like, who is this guy? I've never heard of this character before. It was it was actually pretty damn agitating, if I'm honest. Um and it was just it reminded me of the third Lord of the Rings movie. Like all action. And no character development. Okay? So, I was really worried about this movie. Because I thought, if it's all action, I need a a healthy blend of character development and action. I need those two. And Mm -hmm. I'm worried this is going to be action, action, action. And to really appreciate it, you need to have seen all the other movies beforehand. Because that's where your character development happened. Mm -hmm. You know? So, what do you think? Are are you even going to see this movie? You're gonna kill me when I say this, but I'm not, I'm not an Avengers guy. I've never the, the Avengers just hasn't appealed to me. And that's okay not, because honestly, I've never seen one in the theater. Mm, they just, I don't know why they just didn't appeal to me. It's all it's all it's all Marvel, isn't it? So it's like mm-hmm. what is it like? The, I think I I, I I watched the first Thor. I really enjoyed the first Thor. I thought it was really cool. Um, I've always I've all um. Out of all the Marvel, like Marvel comics, obviously, obviously Spider Man. But but my my I think something that I struggle to adapt to is obviously you know when when the actors change for a superhero, I, I struggle to get on board with it. Spider Spider Man is and always will be Tobey Maguire. And I get that I do because I liked the first two Tobey Maguire Spider Man movies. I liked mm, those. I'm, Batman is and always will be Christian Bale. Oh, see, I'm conflicted about that. Because my first, my very first Batman was Adam West in those Mm. old Batman shows that used to come on before the cartoons on Saturday mornings. Mm -hmm. Those were funny. But the first Batman that I thought, oh my God, awesome movie, was Batman 89 with Michael Keaton as Batman. Who would ever th- who would ever think Michael Keaton could play Batman and Bruce Wayne? But he's great. Yeah. In it, I'm, I'm not sure. Who was the Batman '98? I'm trying to think what Batman I would have grew up with. What about Clooney? Um, Val Kilmer and Clooney took up like I think I'm trying to remember which one was first. Um, but yeah, either way, it doesn't really matter to me. Like neither one of those guys worked for me. Mm, yeah, I, I just I just you know when there's just career-defining performances from actors as superheroes and you just think you've just knocked it out the park and you will always be that superhero to me. Yep. 
I think I'm like that with Christian Bale. Yeah, and that's that's one. I was actually going to mention those movies as being one of the strongest comic book adaptations yeah. in terms of superheroes. Oh, I thought that I, series I, is amazing. Yeah, you've just you've bringing up the, the series. You've just kind of made me think it, it. It might not even be Bale. It might just be Nolan. To be honest, I was going to say Nolan. I think. I mean, Bale's great. Don't get me wrong. He's an amazing actor. But Nolan, I think, is the reason why that series is so mm. unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, and I grew up actually with the Superman movies. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Reeve, and my favorite of those was Superman Two, and I don't. It's they they actually brought that the plot of Superman Two back recently in Man of Steel, I think, mm-hmm. with the fellow other Kryptonians like kind of crash landed on earth and they have superpowers too. And they're all bad. Yeah. Uh, Zod, you know? And so, yeah, that's my favorite. The old school Superman movies. They came in, there's these three bad superheroes, but they're super villains, you know? And they have the same powers as Superman, but there's three of them. And dude, that's, that was my, that was one of my, that's one of my favorite superhero movies. And I, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I am going to say, because I, I watched it in the pictures, and at the time, I'm, try, I'm trying to think, I don't think, it, I, I, you know, we talked about the, the, the Nolan trilogy there, mm-hmm. I, at the time I probably thought nothing would ever beat the Nolan trilogy, but I watched Logan in the pictures. I heard that's and, really oh, good. Oh my God. It's, so, it's absolutely incredible. It, it was, um, I think the big thing for me is, with superhero movies, they need to end on something that can give it series a con like continuity mm-hmm. and you know the fact that they had the kind of the kids in it and yeah, yeah the the fact that they can they can obviously they can go, go on to make movies about the kids now it, just a um, huge Jackman in that film is absolutely incredible now see that's what i like about i like the simple films the simple superhero films the ones that are you've got your main superhero, and they have a character arc, and they have a yeah. plot, and they weave those together, and it come, it's satisfying to me. Yeah. So Logan, I had no interest in, but it didn't surprise me when they said it was good. You know, mm. I heard Ant-Man is solid, and that's a simple, you know, that's about him. Same mm. thing, Deadpool is one of my favorite. Holy hell, yeah. Deadpool is amazing. That, that, that was fantastic. Yeah. That but fantastic. that works as a good comedy as well. Yeah. I think I think too. I love it when they put a comedy spin on on superhero films. I again, uh, I think people might agree with me. I think The Incredibles is one of the best superhero movies ever. I forgot. I I've watched that movie repeatedly because I have kids, and I've Absolutely. been dying. I've been dying for a sequel to that since yeah. it first came out. And I was like, I mean, I think I was like twenty one, or something. It came out, and I was expecting sequels like the next year because I thought yeah. it, that series really lent itself. That franchise it lent itself to sequels, yeah. and it never happened. And I was like, "What is the deal? You yeah, guys keep they... churning out amazing Toy Story sequels, but you can't get in a you know." A, a, I didn't even think there should have been sequels for those, and they're great. The the audience for this um, the Incredibles sequel is going to be strange, isn't it? it it's just going to be like. All kids my age, really, because it came out when I was quite young, so it's just going to be full of, like, 19, 20-year-olds just going to see it. I will tell you, my kids are batshit crazy for Incredibles. Yeah, my little little sister loves the Incredibles as well. She's seven. (laughs) Um, I I I think it's fantastic, particularly in the fact that it's animated as well, and it's still absolutely flawless. Yeah. Uh, my My kid likes Dash. Yeah, okay. I, I love Dash. Dash. Dash is the one I just proper <laughs> wouldn't go to because I remember when I was a kid, I just saw him blonde and quick. And I was like, I want to be Dash. <laughs> yeah. Oh, See, my kid yeah. also likes The Flash too. He just likes really fast superheroes. Yeah. That's his thing, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, trying to think. Those are those are sort of my. I, and I totally forgot about Incredibles. I think it's a really good call. Um, but uh, those are sort of my favorite superhero films. There's a, there's several now. There's some really good superhero TV series. Like on Netflix, uh, freaking Daredevil is so good. Um, I don't know why. Just, uh, they, just haven't to, they haven't appealed to me. I, I, I just know that there's, kind of, there's been a boom of them over, like mm-hmm. what, I'd say, like the last 
five, ten years that they've just been getting chained out and chained out and chained out, and there's been so many crossovers and yeah. Uh, you know, I suppose if you obviously if you've read all the comic books, then obviously it's absolutely it's like the best thing ever. But I just I, I grew tired of them and I just went off them completely, and I thought for for a while I just didn't watch any superhero films at all. But one night I came around and said to me, "Right, just 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 sit, pick pick pick." Pick one that's got a sequel uh, and watch them both. And I watch mm. Guardians of the Galaxy, and that I think that that's me benchmark for like a, a modern superhero movie now. You know the way they do like multiple characters and yeah. the investment in the multiple characters. Um, I think that was absolutely fantastic. The, the cast for that was really good as well. It shocked me when I found out Bradley Cooper was in it. Yeah, no, he's amazing. I love him as Rocket. It's so good, yeah. and I love the. Uh, the professional wrestler that plays Drax the Destroyer, Batista. Yeah. Oh my God. Him, him talking about like the the idea of him not, the fact that he takes everything literally. Yeah. It's like uh, it would not go over my head because I would catch it. That that <laughs> I don't know I don't know why I love nerdy jokes like that. Yeah. And I was just giggling like an idiot whenever he was talking. Whenever he took something literally, I was like yes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, see, Guardians. I like my wife didn't like it as much because she didn't understand some of it. Mm. She knew nothing going into Sound, it. The soundtrack needs a shout out. Oh gosh, yeah, of course. Oh, amazing. Um, but again, oh, go ahead. No, I'm just gonna say, carry on, carry on with what you're saying. But I was gonna say that my big issue with the Guardians films is actually one of the reasons why you liked it um, is because there are so many characters. Yeah. And I prefer it to be, you know, here's your main character. And here's your main character's journey, and yeah, and, and that's my preference. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like when I write yeah. a script, I don't write a script with like eight Multiple. characters and going yeah. back and forth. I like one I, person. I know what you mean. You and know? obviously, because I think there's been a a growth in so many crossovers and and things like that. I really, I really thought, come on, come up with something a bit more original that that hasn't been done before. And obviously, yeah. like I'd never, I'd never come across the Guardians before, and. <laughs> And I remember watching it and thinking, God, this is just like a, a new take on it. Like, it's new superheroes, you know what I mean? And yeah. the the concept of it's, you know, pretty cool. The fact it's the entire galaxy, it's not it's not stereotypical in that it's, it's one planet and the planet's changed and, yeah. you know, things like that. It, it's just really in, it, innovative, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, I've got it on Blu-ray. Uh, I've watched it a lot, and I can't wait till my kids can watch it. You know what I mean? Because mm. it's funny and it's yeah. it's clever. You know, I think it's a fun movie. It's not one yeah. that changed my life because sometimes a good superhero movie can connect with you here. Yeah. Because you really identify with it. You identify yeah. with the with their abilities. You identify with their situation. Something. You know. Yeah. Uh, I notice a lot of people who identify with Batman also identify with Iron Man. And that's their yeah. favorite because it's somebody who doesn't really have superpowers. Yeah, I, I thought I thought I was, I was just gonna say I, I saw the first Iron Man. I loved the first Iron Man. It's good, but again, it was just uh, one of them. You know, where they're just churning out sequels for what seemed like the sake of churning out sequels, and I just lost my interest in that. Yeah. Oh, but okay. I'm sorry. Um. Yeah. To be a. Yeah. I I have a lot of friends who are big Batman fans, like, and they also love Iron Man. And it's that making things using your your brain, finding your yeah. own way, you know, being a being not just smart but also uh, cre creating like you know finding your own solutions. You know what I yeah. mean? And it's funny that Batman became big in America, like Superman was big in America during the eighties when. Yeah. Everybody thought everything is fine with the economy. Everything's la la la, and Superman is just super. There's no yeah. where's the flaws, and mm -hmm. of course, I grew up with Superman, and I'm a cornball goober, so of course I had to love Superman. But Batman yeah. came out, and I know a lot of my friends who are big into tech and construction and stuff like that. They love Batman, yeah, and they love Iron Man, and they both that's their that's their thing. So it's I I find it fascinating how certain certain periods in a country's history or an area's history can lend itself to like the psychology of the superheroes that it's creating or that yeah. that it's actually that's popular at that time 
I think that's mm-hmm. yeah, that's interesting. And it so yeah, and I, I always think it's interesting how the psychology of a superhero can connect with a person and who they identify with. You know, my, yeah. my friend is a guy. He's a big guy, and he's a he's a battler. Gets in a lot of fights. You know what I mean? And because <laughs> he, he used to get picked on a lot when he was younger, yeah. so guy loves Hulk. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's got issues with, with his temper and stuff like that, but he's a big Hulk fan. And it's mm. funny how that works, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. So, keeping that in mind, we I, I thought it'd be cool if we figure ah. out the superheroes. You say the four, and we need to stick with Marvel, just because that's what's out right now. So the four superheroes... For me, you, David, and Edward. All right? And then I'll say my four. And I want to see if there's any overlap or similarities. Um, I'm going to say Edward's Edward's Captain America. Okay. Because, you know, he always flies the flag for the Blues, doesn't he? No matter what, he always (laughs) seems to have a positive attitude towards the Blues. Okay. Um... Hmm. David, I'm going to say Thor. Okay. Because of his beautiful beard. <laughs> and for yourself. Hmm. To be honest, no, no, actually. I was going to. I'm thinking about it now. You should be Captain America, shouldn't you, really? <laughs> Technically, you're the one that gives the continental feel to the, uh, <laughs> to the podcast. Um. Right. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up. Edward uh, Edward can be Iron Man. All right. Ah, uh, yeah. Right. That makes sense. Edward can be Iron Man because obviously he's in he's in with all his tech, isn't he? He knows how to handle all the cameras and all the technology. Interesting. Bit of a Tony. Got a bit of Tony Stark in him. And obviously, you're thinking about it a bit more logic to the situation. You are Captain America because you hold you hold all of this stuff together. <laughs> all right. So, what are you? I don't know. I'm not. I'm, to be honest, the missus would probably say I'm the Hulk with, oh, me, yeah. with, me, with me temper at times, so I'd probably have to go for the Hulk. <laughs> All right. So I did it differently, but I did say, I, because Captain America is like, you know, the toothpaste commercial, the cheesy, <laughs> like, you know, always trying to have a good attitude and smile through it, you know what I mean? And uphold values <laughs> so yeah i'd say i'd probably have to be captain america i <laughs> actually said edward would be spider-man because because spider-man is the young kid who you know if, if you get him involved with the older with the the uh, older like people who've maybe had more experience and they're like hey man what are you, why are you doing it like that what are you doing you know so many times <laughs> edward has that happen where he where he's saying something and we're like, huh, that's not how we were thinking of doing it. And he's like, no, stop, you know? So I feel like he would be Spider-Man. David, I actually said Iron Man, just because Mm. I feel like, you know, Tony Stark is the guy who is very visible. You know, he's a superhero and he doesn't hide it, you know? And he's constantly on the go, constantly doing things. And I feel like David's like that. He's constantly, he's everywhere. And yeah. he's one of out of out of our group. He's one of the more visible ones because he he goes to a lot of additional games. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I would say that. And I I had you pegged for Thor. Hmm. Because the reason I'm behind this will be good. Go on. Yeah, because number one, I don't think you're loud. I think you're kind of reserved. If we were like out in a public place, I think you would keep yourself to yourself. You would talk mm-hmm. to us, but not the people around us. You know what I mean? Yeah. And additionally, I feel like you've got a moral code where that you sort of stick to. And there's certain ethical stuff where you're like, you know what? I, dis- I would do that, but I disagree with it ethically. Mm-hmm. You know? And I feel like that's the way Thor is. You know what I mean? He's got a code that he sticks to. Right. So, Interesting. So, yeah. That's... That's the way. That's the that's the way it, should, it turns out. I'd be curious what Edward and David would say about this. I know, Toffee Blues Avengers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, we have no idea if we're going to see this in the theater. Uh, Max probably will not. And if I go, I'd probably have to go by myself. 
So <laughs> doubtful I'll get to see it then either. But hope everybody else enjoys it. John is watching it right now. So, John, hope you're hope you're digging it, man. So we have to talk about the next match. It's happening whether we want it to or not. We do. Last one. Yes. Get it out the way. Yes. This is done. It's finished. We don't have to put up with it anymore. Yeah, and we can start looking to... We can start obsessing about transfer news and new manager news and new director of football and... Hey! Get your... The ITKs are are getting their (laughs) typing fingers ready. (laughs) They're going to come out with them full force, aren't they? They are. We're going to hear... It's going to be... We're going to hear some whoppers. We're going to hear some legit whoppers. It's... Yeah. yeah. And and some of them are going to be right. That's the thing. Some of these people are going to be right. So... How to separate the wheat from the chaff? That's not easy. Mm. Maybe we should talk about that sometime. Um, mm. So, really quickly, Mediocrity Cup. Who will win? <laughs> we shall see. We'll be, we'll be at the, uh, the vacuous void that is West Ham's new stadium. Uh, mm-hmm. So, if you... Uh, no one can hear you scream there. Literally. No one can hear you scream. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, West Ham's current form is they are 15th in the table with 38 points. They've they've actually, I mean, they got a win recently, yeah. which is one of the things that really kind of put them out of reach. Um, they they two nil over Leicester, uh, and they had a good game. Mm. Played Crack well. and golf, Mark Noble as well. Yeah, I mean that was nice. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Rocket, you, you dream about scoring them ball force here on the edge of the box and you, and you just lace it. Keeper's got no chance. It's funny. Great I hear Mark Noble, I immediately think, red card. Um, I immediately think the yeah, guy... Two-footed two challenge. <laughs> Every or, time. Ragging, ragging a fan when a fan ran on the pitch. Yep. Yeah. Or, but you forget that there is some football ability there. You know, mm. that it, it is present there. That goal is evidence of that. Yeah. Um, a good player doesn't accidentally... Or a crap player doesn't accidentally do that often. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, anyway, that happened. Before that, though, they had lost to City, you know, 4-1. to one. They lost to Arsenal 4-1. to one. Yeah. And by the way, we are recording this on a Tuesday, so the Thursday game has not happened, so we don't know. Mm. We'll see we what actually, know. yeah. Um, their possible lineup. Uh, Going to start with Adrian in goal. Not Joe Hart. It's probably what I should have just said in the first place. Just say not Joe Hart is starting in goal. <laughs> uh, funny, interesting story when you hear Moyes talking about how he was there, he's interested in keeping Joe Hart because of his professional attitude after mm. he was benched. David Moyes all over that, isn't it? That's David Moyes just all over. <sighs> yeah, and what's really funny is one of the reasons Kuman didn't want him is because... Uh, the main reason is that Hart was not cool with if he had to be benched or not. He wanted to be guaranteed playing time. Mm. And now yeah. you hear Moyes complimenting Hart on like the opposite, which is interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so Adrian in goal, uh, who I still don't really like since that shootout when he was giving jo- Joel, Joel shit like right yeah. before his kick. Still don't uh, like that guy. When he, when he took his gloves off. Uh, Mid run up, yeah, oh. it's ridiculous. I oh, got, yeah, that would hurt. Um, yeah, I owed my friend who's a an irons guy after that one in a bet. It wasn't cool. So uh, anyway, we're gonna move past the keeper now. Uh, uh, Declan Rice, Ogbana, who you should be familiar with, everybody. Yep. Um, Aaron Cresswell, uh, Zavaleta. Um, yeah, and Mazuaku, I think, would be those five main defenders. Yeah, or five. Patrice or, or Patrice Evra. Mm. You know, we could see him there. Um, but they're kind of going three in the back, two on the two of his wing backs. So essentially five, but you know. Mm-hmm. Uh then you could see Kuyate and Noble. Uh you might see Oba Obiang get in there because I believe he's healthy now. But yep. um Jao Mario, who scored at the weekend, Lanzini. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's a clever little player, and Arnotovic, 
who's kind of taken on a striking role this season. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it's paid off. He's he's actually scored. Dare I say I'd like him at Everton, maybe? He already he already mm. used us for a new contract. Mm. You remember that? Yeah. Everybody was saying, oh, we're going to get Arnautovic. And I was like, well, you know, big, good, inconsistent player. But he's got some good highlights, so maybe he could do something mm. for us. And then he signs a contract with Stoke. He mm. was using yeah. us. I remember. Oh, yeah, when he was at Stoke. But I think now he's really come into his own, hasn't he? I think Moise has come in and said, "Listen, you know, I mean, I, mean, I know, I know, we, we, you know, we give Moise the run of the mill, but to his credit, like we know he's, you know, he's a really good man manager, and he can get the best out of individual players. And I think he's really turned around to one out of it and said, you know, you need to start pulling your weight in this side because, in terms of quality, I think he's probably about the best that they've got, and." You know, it's it's showing now. It's like you know, I think he scored in the last few games as well, and he looked like a really good. Um, not so much a focal point because I think there's more to his game than just being you know a tall centre forward. Because he seems like he can move it about well with his feet. But as I say, I think he'd be a useful player at eleven. It's interesting because I do think he likes being the man, mm. and I think that's one of the reasons he might be thriving, is because. It's sometimes it's easy to kind of disappear on the wing. Yeah. Um, play naturally drifts to the other side. It happens. Um, and frankly, I think you see most players, most of the inconsistent players are always wingers. Yeah. Whenever you hear of inconsistent players, they're they're on the wing. Um, putting him in the center, I feel like uh, he's getting more touches in a more in more dangerous areas, and yeah. he's got a shot on him. Yeah. Um, he was my main danger man mm-hmm. that I was going to say. Um, you know, so it, it's interesting because the Moyes has changed a lot about this, about this uh, West Ham squad. Yeah. Uh, and, and I feel yeah. like the, the Iron supporters have been, uh, you know, angry for a while this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he steers yeah. them to safety... They may still want a new manager. What's that yeah, like? Yeah, I think that that that's the case. I know, <laughs> I know. But um, I, I think I think we can say you know, we can share our, our empathy there really, because we can we understand what it what it's like to, yeah. to have Moyes as your manager when things aren't going so well. I mean, I know he stayed at us for you know a long period of time in comparison to the usual managerial range these days. He stayed you know at a very long period of time, but. Again, we we did have those experiences of, of wanting them out and wanting someone a bit more progressive. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think and rightfully so. Really, that they're, they're wanting a new manager. Yeah, yeah, and I, I and I and I don't know if that's across the board, but you know, I see some Iron supporters on Twitter. Yeah, same. I, I've seen a lot of that really, and that's what I'm going off. Yeah. Um. So let's uh let's sort of move past. Their uh, their lineup and get to ours, which will I, I think depend entirely on injuries. Okay, um, mm-hmm. will will Rooney or Walcott be healthy? Yeah. Um, it, it, I mean, it will have been a week. So if they're just little knocks, you know. However, yeah. I'm I'm wondering. This is the question: Do we think? They're going to just be safe with them and keep them there regardless because this game doesn't really matter so that they can play some other players who haven't gotten to play as much? Possibly, yeah. I think that could, that could be the case. But one thing I will say is the, the injury to Rooney, as soon as I saw Rooney wasn't in, you know, on, even on the bench against Southampton, that really pissed me off because how many times have we said here, so how it's all about how you use Rooney. Don't burn him out. You can't play him week after week after week. Yeah. And as soon as he, as soon as we, he had this bust up with Sam at the derby, Sam gave him a run in the side, and lo and behold, look what's happened. You know, yep. I think what was it? Is it, is it? A calf and a knee for the pair of them. Yes, I think the Theo's on his car. Yeah, something like that. But it seems like quite a you know a wear and tear injury and. It's simple stuff. I think when, when when we brought Rooney in, I think that should have been one of the, the main points of discussion is that, you know, 
Wayne, I know you want to play a lot and you want to play as much as you can, but given given how you are now, given your age, given the fact you're not as physically dominant or as fast as you once were, we we're not gonna we can't afford to play you every game because you're gonna blow out and you are a very useful player to have. So we do need you fit and ready to go for these mm-hmm. moments, as as shown by the home game where at, at the Dixies he won the best individual performance in that home game against West Ham where he got that hat-trick but in terms of our own team as you say I think we should I don't, I don't know will Theo be fit because I think Theo was a key pe- a key component that was missing from the Southampton game for us agreed completely you know mm. that was the thing I thought we were missing the most you know we can always rely on him to give us some sort of explosive attack up the side, but he—I feel like he's also not getting credit for his interchange, the play he has, the combination play that he has with other players. He combines yeah. well. I mean, I mean, it's—it's it's the kind of thing that you see from an Arsenal player. Yeah. You know, he mm. combines well. He's constantly trying to one-two up the field. It's—we missed him a lot. Yeah. Um, Rooney, I immediately thought, oh, he's been benched because of his play hasn't been that strong lately, mm. which it, it hasn't, you know. Mm. But no, no. so so it was one of those things where I wasn't sure what to believe. Um, I mm. do think there are certain players who are World Cup bound that are shoe ins to start. You know, hit me with them: uh, Pickford, Keane, Gay, um, and. Honestly, Vlasic. If Vlasic gets gets enough time, he could be on that roster. Yeah. Okay, for Croatia. I've heard initially that he had some hopes, and then when we didn't play him, his hopes faded. And now all of a yeah. sudden, we're, he's getting time. Yeah, he's getting a run. Okay, I think that's very strategic. Um, yeah. I, also, I think it's interesting. Nias has been playing every game. Okay? Yeah. That's strategic. They're doing that on purpose. And also Funes Mori. He's been coming in almost yep. every game. This is this is totally for World Cup prep. Guaranteed yeah. because it makes our club look better. And to be honest, am I completely against that? No. Mm. I'm not. Uh, as long as it doesn't make us look like total shit, I'm okay. You know? Mm. Uh, yeah. So I think we're probably on the same... Wavelength when we say Pickford, Coleman, Keane, Jagielka, Baines. Okay. Yep. Um, the only question is whether or not Funes Mori might start. But I don't I, I, think so. I I don't want to see that system. I don't want to change see that change of system again because it you know it, it gave it it gave the opposition so much room to exploit us. I meant four uh, Jagielka actually. Yeah. Not three it, at the back. I don't think that's a stable enough partnership. I totally it? agree. That's that's why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but that's why I don't think he's actually going to start. But I just know that if Sam it, it gets instructions, start him. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I think he would prefer Keane to go to the World Cup because that's a bigger question. He's more yeah. at risk. And that's why he's yeah. trying to pump Keane up and make him look good. And keeping yeah. him in there with Jags is the way mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah. You know? So... We'll see. Uh, Gay. He's in. Gay. Uh, Schneiderlin. Given his recent form, you can't fault it, can you? You sort of have to. Um, Then there's a question. Is Rooney healthy? If Rooney's healthy, he'll probably come back in. Uh, Last game of the season. Probably he will come back in. Um, Mm -hmm. If not, we'll see Davies or Clausen. Yeah. Yeah. uh, The fact that Clausen got a little run, will, will the manager... Try to give him more time to try to convince him not to leave. We'll see. Don't think I don't think it'll necessarily be a start though. I think mm. it'll be. Mm. Hopefully, he'll get more minutes than he did against Southampton. But I do think Davies will start and he'll come mm. on later on. Um, and then we'll probably see uh, Vlasic and Walcott. Um, Hopefully, yeah. If Walcott's not in, obviously Vlasi slots in. Vlasi slots yeah. in. Blah. Yeah. I see Vlasi. I said, I combined the two. It's like a hybrid. <laughs> you know, that's actually not a bad hybrid, though. You put those two guys together, oh, no, you got a player. Maybe a few crosses that get put into the box then. Uh, 
Vlasic playing the wing is not particularly dangerous, is it? Um, the only thing he really does, we, we feed it to him, he holds on to the ball, and he distributes. A lot of times it's going right back where it came from or it's going sideways. There's not yeah. a lot of turn and go just because he's out of position. Yeah, I I agree, but I also think the as I've said, I think the role that he's playing as a winger just doesn't suit him at all. I think what he what he suits is you know the kind of short, sharp, right. You make a decisive, you know, choice really of what mm-hmm. you do. You know, you, you either fire a ball across the six yard box or you have a go for goal. Mm-hmm. But with the way we play now, I think you know because we we're focused so much on going down the flanks. I think, you know, the wingers are told, listen, you need to be able to hold on to the ball for a bit longer, look, try and assess what's going on, try and pick out any decent runs or movements. And as I said earlier, this is why where the whole just playing it around the opposition box is coming from. And as you say, it just it's not his forte really. I yeah. think he's the kind of guy that needs, you know, decisiveness. Mm-hmm. And he, he needs the you know, you can go and express yourself. But with the as you know, the defensive responsibility is just not where his strengths lie. Additionally, it's hard to express yourself as much on the wing if you're not used to it, because mm-hmm. that's a lot less space to work with. Yeah, you know, when you go from playing in the center out to the wing, you almost feel like your wings have been clipped a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. it's a weird change at first yeah. if yeah. you're used to I, playing in the center for a while. I I, I said that about um, I mean, it's going back a bit now. I think it was under Martinez when Ross Barkley got a stint when he when he got played the on the wing under Martinez I mm-hmm. thought you know I mean particularly Ross because we know what Ross was like when we had him you know he just he couldn't make a decision to save his life could he really mm-hmm. and he, he can't you know when you're so tight to the line there's a you know there's not yeah. much more room there's not room for error like you, as you say if you put them in the middle there's a lot more space to work with and a lot more that you can get in and amongst really yeah. but when you're so tight to the line you're a lot more limited than what you can do and I, I do agree with you I think if we did give him a stint where you know, we kind of put him in the middle. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I would do. A lot of times you see quicker players on the flanks. Period. Mm-hmm. Flashic yeah. is not necessarily a quick player. I think his game is not too much unlike Ross. I don't think mm-hmm. it's very different. I think Ross is more athletic. Uh, yeah. I think Vlasic is smarter. Yeah. Um, and, and that's I think they and I think they both can carry the ball into space in the middle. I think they're both very good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Who knows if Lushich actually gets that opportunity, though? You know, um, I don't see it really happening in this game. But, you know, honestly, Sam has been doing some weird things with substitutions. You yeah. know? Yeah, I mean, he's he, become more lenient, hasn't he, really? Yeah. I'd say. It's, it, it, there's a little bit more experimentation, you yeah. know, um, mixed with rigid fear of loss. So, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, Tosin up front as well, surely. Uh, I don't think it's much of a debate between him and Umar. I think we were both settled on Umar as the player to bring off the bench. Yeah, we need, and we need Tosin to just continue getting used to the league. Just continue that yeah. experience, get it any, any, any bit we can give him. That's the way to do it. Um, yeah. I want to keep him happy. We need we need uh, Dosun Pasha. Yeah. He's gotta be. He's he one of the ones I. Mean, he's the he's the one that's the, there's there's certain ones where I immediately plug him in, and I don't even think about it. He's yeah. one of them, you know. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, uh, are we good? Oh no no prediction. We gotta mm, predict. What's God. our what are our predictions? For give our lads, give our fans something to send them home happy. You know we've been we've been. No way, two ways about it. We've been put, put through some shit this season, so you know, give the lads a good go. Two, two nil Everton. Ah, once again, my friend, you are more optimistic than I am. Mm. Seeing as we are playing in a vacuum this weekend, and seeing as <laughs> there's possibly zero to ride on and zero mm. atmosphere and zero everything. Yeah. <laughs> This is what I'm thinking. I'm predicting nil-nil. Yeah. I'm predicting a, a draw. Uh, Mediocrity Bowl lives up to its name. Mediocrity yeah. Cup. I, I said it like it's a American football. Mediocrity <laughs> Bowl. 
on New Year's Eve. Yeah. yeah. Mediocrity Cup lives up to his name. So Yeah. No no matter how loud how loud our fans are gonna be, you still won't be able to bloody hear them. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Tell you, at West Ham, no one can hear you scream. That's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, pretty much the tagline for every sci fi movie. I, I, I was thinking that that'd, that'd be a great head in that, won't it? Yeah, that's West Ham away, they can't hear you scream. <laughs> Mm. All right. That is it for the big show. Podcasters out there, thank you very much for listening. Um, if you're digging what we're doing, subscribe to the Top Who's podcast. Rate it if you can. Leave us, leave us a gentle review. That would be kind. Um, also, subscribe to the Top Blues YouTube channel. Uh, we're, we're, it's over 720 now. We're slowly clicking along. Um, yeah, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot for, uh, for your interest. Uh, like and comment stuff get the conversation going that's cool follow us on twitter and all that hot stuff um please check out uh max he's got uh he's got material and analysis on the toffee blues website check out Mm -hmm. uh the toffee blues website other people write analysis there too check that out check out the toffee blues on twitter facebook instagram i think that is it no more plugging all right max thanks so much man been a pleasure as always good to talk to you um For Max, for Jerry, uh, yeah, for the Toffee Blues, we're out.